listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 284. Can the Lord's here with the one, the only, the little banged up, little bruised, but still fucking here. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't even know if I believe in a Jesus. Uh, John Brownstone. Now that I've offended everybody with a religious belief. Uh, yeah, well, you know. Hi, John Brownstone. Hi. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's been a uh, crazy ass week and a half. Yes, and we will definitely talk about that. Yeah. In the bonus section. Right. So even if you never stay for that part, but you're like, what the hell's up with John Brownstone? This would be the week to stay for that part. Right. But this week, before we get into all of that, we're <laughs> talking about different types of personal boundaries that you can and maybe should, ought to, need to, please do set, and how those types of personal boundaries relate to power exchange. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. You're back for another week. Welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on Twitter at lovingbdsm, on FetLife at lovingbdsmpc, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, lovingds and the number one, so that's at lovingds1 or on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where usually, but not this week, you mm -hmm. can watch us live stream the podcast on Wednesdays. Not this week, we don't know about next week, yeah. but usually. Uh, all links are in the show notes, and the show notes can be found at lovingbdsm.net. Big thanks, as always, to our Kiki patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. That is especially true right now. Not let's, let's talk brass tacks for a second. You were in an accident. Yes. On September 28th. We will talk about that later. Mm -hmm. And in different circumstances, that would have meant not going to work and not getting a paycheck or whatever, whatever, depending on whatever. Correct. Because of things like Patreon and the folks over there, the very generous folks over there who support us, we that's like a thing we don't have to worry about right now. We, we continue to earn our money as weird people on the internet with microphones because in part of Patreon. And we are very appreciative. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, you know, re recuperating from anything can be stressful and not having to worry about one one thing off of the plate mm -hmm. to worry about is, is a tremendous help mentally and emotionally. Yes. So while we hope we provide value for our uh, kinky <laughs> peeps on Patreon... Uh, Y'all are definitely uh, providing for us as well right now. Um, if you would like to be one of our kinky patrons and get access to a bunch of stuff like a Discord, like live Q&As, like behind the scenes podcast, stuff like that, uh, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash killalords. It's patreon.com slash killalords. You can join for as little as $2 a month. You can, if you do the monthly thing, you can like you know, nope out at any point if like the budget just doesn't, isn't working for you. Like we get it. Um, quite frankly, a lot of the details we're gonna share in um, the bonus section about what's going on. We already did with our kinky patrons, um, both through Discord and um, the live Q and A that we did a few days ago. So uh, yeah, just, we always try to thank folks who are able to do that, but this right now we like, we mean it even harder than we normally yeah. mean it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you would like to to be one of those peeps, you can join us. Patreon.com slash killalords. Um so normally this is where I like pause for beat and then 20 minutes goes by and then we come yeah. back and of course listen on the podcast. You don't feel that. 
Uh, but now I'm just going to keep going because there's no video (coughs) component this week. It's kind of weird um, going old school a little bit. It is. It's kind of comforting. I'm I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of glad as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For a lot of reasons. Right. Okay. So I do have a couple of announcements. One is just a reminder that your shop, Mm -hmm. The Kinkery, at thekinkery.com, continues to exist. Correct. Um, Thankfully, you had done a lot of work before everything happened recently. And so (laughs) we did a release of new products in September. And we are on track to release most of the new products we had planned in October. Correct. There's one product delay, which makes me a little sad, but it's okay. I know, me too. It's okay. We've got new paddles coming out, new weapons of ass destruction. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, check us out at thekinkery.com. and if you want to kind of know what's coming up when it comes out so you don't have to like stalk our site, not that we mind if you stalk the shop, <laughs> uh, you can uh, subscribe to the Kinkery's newsletter when you go to thekinkery.com. Um, and then you'll get the email when new stuff hits the site. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to like wonder if stuff has hit the site. You will already know. The other thing um, that I'm was asked to talk about and I looked at and went, wow, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, there is a one day virtual conference uh, uh, happening October 16th. Mm. It's uh, found at the site serviceconference.org. So spell that all out, serviceconference.org. Um, I can't find a price. Maybe that means it's free, but there's a ton of um, presenters and it's a pretty uh, pretty uh, inclusive slate of presenters, mm-hmm. which is really, really a nice. Talking about service, talking about dominance, talking about submission. Um, I'm looking at, there's um, a class that'll be about communication and service, together in leather, um, service topping um, will be Ooh. one topic. Like there's a ton and it's all, I think, done through uh, Zoom, it's all online. There's even BDSM Activism ah. 101. Did you, we're looking at the site now. Did you see somebody you know? I, I, I do. Um, <laughs> Let me yeah. go back, I'll scroll back. Who do you know? Uh, Sir Lisa and Leather Gem. Okay. Um, okay. They had always been very um, active in the uh, Pinellas County okay. community. Um, they always have done a lot of stuff at the Phoenix Club. And just recently, they um, took over ownership. Oh, okay, that's who's of, taken over. Okay. Of the um, of Phoenix, yeah. Okay, yeah, there's some names I recognize uh-huh. as well, like Raven Caldera, um, who is uh, an author as well. Um, just Rob, mm. I recognize. Yep. Um, met, met him at him. Uh, Woodshed. So, yeah, there's um, a lot here. And if you go to the site, serviceconference.org, you mm-hmm. can see the full schedule. Figured once I had a chance to tell you about it, you were probably going to register. Y'all, uh, he's clicking on the link to register. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just curious to see if, <laughs> it, if there is a cost for it and how much. So we can, all right. No, there might not be, but yeah, yeah. it's. Um, okay. It looks really cool. It's one day. Yeah. It's online, so you don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, though uh, I, like many other people, I'm kind of ready for in-person stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so serviceconference.org. It's a service-oriented conference um, for tops, bottoms, dom, subs, um, ma- for kingsters, by kingsters. But do you know what? As much as even myself, I'm ready for things to come back to in person, 
I think it is wonderful and I hope it continues that they have a, a good amount of this stuff still available virtually. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it makes it so much more accessible to so many people who otherwise are unable to physically get to some of these things. Uh, agreed, I agree completely. So yeah, that is serviceconference.org. Check it out if you are interested mm -hmm. and have time on October 16th for a virtual conference. Okay, so let's get into the topic. Um, I know from the conversations we've had around here over six fucking years that it sounds like I basically run this show and I'm the captain of the ship. I'd like to think we're co-captains, personally. Mm -hmm. My little subby heart is like, no, please, I don't want to be the captain of this particular, like, <laughs> Anyway, but this is your topic. This is the yes. thing you saw and went, oh, I think this needs to be a show. And I went, yeah. well, okay, let me mm -hmm. let me nurture and support the ID. We call it ideation in my line of work. Yeah. Let me nurture and support that skill, please, because, whoo, yeah, always I here for more ideas from you. I, I, I try. I really do. <laughs> well, and it's based off an article you found yes. on the five types of personal boundaries mm -hmm. and how to set them. And yeah. it's an extremely vanilla article. Um, as we've done with episodes in the past, we're going to base our conversation, like use it as the jumping point. Mm -hmm. Obviously we're talking about kink. Um, well, I, when I saw this and, and the, and I saw the, the article title, um, it just kind of pinged with me mm -hmm. because, you know, let's face it, whether you're non kinky or kinky, personal boundaries are important. Absolutely. You know, and, especially in in the, in the kinky world i i think that it, it magnifies oh for sure because you're doing things that have some inherent risk physically mentally emotionally yeah um it's a a relationship that hopefully you are you are walking into with intention so mm -hmm. therefore boundaries matter right. there. Um, it's also, if you think about things like sub frenzy and then whatever the equivalent of, of it is for doms and tops, um, maybe it is dom frenzy, I yeah. don't know. Um, that is a time when people sort of ignore or forget their own boundaries and even the boundaries mm -hmm. of their partner but in the excitement to get their kink on or to feel fulfilled or whatever. Um, I What I liked about this what made me go oh yeah I, I see what you're talking about is that when we even the two of us but the generic we of the kink community talk about setting your boundaries in um your kinky life whether that's for a one-off scene or it's for your power exchange relationship mm -hmm. we don't ever break them down in the way that this particular article broke them down. We talk about, yeah. here's the things I will do and I won't do. And we right. sort of look at them through just the lens of activities where this is a little bit more nuanced than that. And then of course, I feel like we can then add yet another layer when we talk about it as power exchange. So, um, yeah, I think we all, like if, you, if you've been here for more than a minute, we, we know personal boundaries are important. They're certainly mm -hmm. important in power exchange. Um, 
not just because um, some of those boundaries are our hard limits of mm -hmm. just activities we will not do, but then other boundaries are about what we need as an individual to be um, happy and respected and comfortable mm -hmm. and to just be able to move through um, certain parts of our life, in this case, power exchange, um, being able to show up fully because we're not constantly worried that, a, you know, something that is, is, how do I put this? I'm trying not to use the word to define the word. <laughs> that we're not while well, here. I'm feeling like boundaries are about to be violated all the time. Yeah. And I do think that maybe thinking about these different types of boundaries can also help people who maybe you're really good at saying, I will not do this kink thing, but you're not so good at saying, oh no, I don't want you to hug me or I don't want you to, mm -hmm. you know, call my phone at a certain time or whatever. There's just things that you don't want other people to do sure. as they interact with you. Maybe by breaking these types down, it will help you start to have those conversations and think about the, the boundaries you need to set with a partner or a friend or whoever in order to be able to then show up as your full self because you know that sort of the, I always call it my personal bubble, but maybe your your fence line will be respected, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. <laughs> for me, it's a personal bubble. Like I have a three feet of personal space rule at all times. I'm happy we've extended it to six feet, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> and the people who are allowed to come into that bubble, I still get to maintain certain rules of what I will allow and what I sure. won't allow. And 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 we 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 have to have those rules. Mm -hmm. Um you know, they they are important to who we are. Right. I think that when you not only figure out your boundaries cuz that's half the battle. Mm -hmm. And then when you sit down and have the grown-up conversation with the grown-ups in your life about please do this or don't do this, or you know, here's what I need to be able to handle this situation or to be able to process this information. Those are boundaries. Like everybody in my life knows, do not dial the phone and make my phone ring if you want to have a serious conversation. Yeah. Like that is a, that because they know I'm not gonna answer the phone. Mm -hmm. But they can set the boundary with me and I can set the boundary with them that, hey, if it's important and you need me, here's what you can do, right? And then I'm able to give them what they need. They're able to give me what I need. And we can like move through life together mm -hmm. <laughs> in a way that's cooperative, right? Yeah. So there's figure out what your boundaries are. That can be difficult if you are a person who's not really thought about your boundaries before. Have the conversation with the people who need to have that information about your boundaries. In this case, your kinky partners. Yeah. And then the third part, which is sometimes no big deal and sometimes hard, is will that person then respect those boundaries? Right. Which then adds to like, that's step three. Well, three mm -hmm. A is coming back and going, whoa, 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 that's, that's not what we agreed. Let me remind you. Until yeah. the point where you're like, I should not have to fucking remind you anymore. Mm -hmm. This is, this is not working. And. And, and hear me out fully on this one. Personal boundaries are not set in stone. Absolutely. Okay. And that doesn't mean that you can just, you know, infringe upon somebody's personal boundaries, meaning that over time, your boundaries may change. Sure. As, as you move through this world, you grow, you learn things, you, 
your boundaries will change along with that. And at the same time, I agree with you completely. And the boundary I set with you will be likely completely different with a boundary from somebody that I set with somebody else. And that's okay too. Right. That's a hard part. I know I, I've struggled with that for years of, well, if I let JB do this thing, doesn't that mean I have to let everybody know the fuck? I, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. If you needed permission, consider this it. No, you don't. Um, the boundaries are about your comfort level and what you need but also it's contextual. Who is that other person to you? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want from them? What are you trying to achieve with them? Um, how well do you know them? Like we probably had stricter boundaries on certain information and certain ways we interacted early days that sure. we don't even have anymore. We don't even can't even conceive but, of them. But that came f- over time right. of communicating, building trust, mm-hmm earning each other's respect, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's inevitable that those personal boundaries would shift between right, us. Right, exactly. And the same time, I'll say the exact opposite. It is okay to have a boundary that never fucking changes. That's right. It's okay. It doesn't have to, it, it yeah, and it's not set in stone that it has to either. <laughs> I think we've beat that into the ground. Okay, so okay. now, after all of that, Look, we go away for one week without an episode and we don't even know how to do it anymore. Right. Let's get into the five types of okay. personal boundaries. Again, we're going to use this article that we will link in the places, um, show notes for podcast listeners. Uh, I believe we'll be uploading this to YouTube, so in the description box. So if you want to read this yourself, you can. But we are absolutely like using their definitions as mm-hmm. our jumping off point. So the very first one, I think it's the one that a lot of people think about the most, but maybe yeah. not are physical boundaries. So that's mm-hmm. your willingness to engage with physical contact, whether that's simply someone sitting next to you on a bus or um, whether you let somebody hug you or not. Absolutely. And you know, this this is one that, that has been somewhat of a point of contention with so many people. Mm. Um, you know, it. the first thing that comes to my mind with this is, you know, being a, a young kid and you know, being told you have to go hug aunt so-and-so. Or kiss them. Or, or kiss them. It used to freak you know. me out. It used to freak me out. And, you know, that's the last thing you want to do is to hug or kiss that particular person. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that it, it's just, you know. And you should be allowed with, your bo- with bodily autonomy to go, mm-hmm. I don't want to physically interact with that person, yeah. this person, you, anybody, doesn't matter. You That is a physical boundary we get to set. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where in power exchange, there, it will overlap with another boundary we'll talk about in a minute. Because you, because sometimes the physical stuff we do in power exchange is just physical stuff. It's about yeah. the, the way our bodies interact with the world and how we interact with other people. And sometimes it is sexual. And we're going to get to sexual boundaries. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> so there will be crossover here. But if... I have a boundary that um, I'm not hugging a stranger, mm-hmm. right? We go to a munch and everybody can know you. Yeah. If they don't know me, there's no physical. I'm not touching them, right? Um, when we are, that was not a sexual one. That was not an overlap. Sorry, bad example. But what about when we're doing a scene? Now, not all scenes are sexual. Correct. <laughs> not everybody equates their kink activities with sex and that is okay. 
for us, it is mostly sexual, but not always. It's a combination. So sometimes I'm like, no, you cannot touch this part of my body. Mm-hmm. For, and, and because of the nature of our relationship, I will tell you why. Correct. That is a privilege you get because of the closeness mm-hmm. of us. A stranger, I would just be like, you're not allowed to touch this part of my body. And I probably would, I don't have to go any further into it. That, that should be enough. Unless I want to, right. right. I'm imagining if it was a scene partner, I pr- if, they, if I'm close enough to them that they're allowed to hit me in a dungeon, I'm probably going to tell them why they're not allowed to touch me here mm-hmm. or ask me to kneel. That's an easy one. You don't get to ask me to kneel because these knees can't handle it. Like, I tell that to anybody. But I might tell you, please don't touch my nipples. They hurt super bad and I don't know why. Where somebody else would be like, e- just don't touch my nipples, right? Like, I, that's, again, it's a contextual thing about the explanation and how much information you share but the boundary is do not touch this part of my body the closer we are to somebody the more likely we might be to go let me give you the details let's you know maybe there's a workaround whatever now if you're on the receiving end of hearing that boundary there's only one thing to do there Mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious don't fucking do the thing that they told you not to or do the thing specifically that they asked you to do as long as it's within your own boundaries well, this this is going to be a common theme in among all five of these. It's a given. <laughs> re- re- respect other people's boundaries. And that you've mentioned this in a few episodes that also includes not pushing to like get your way, not coercing, right. not if somebody in the throes of passion is like do whatever you want. Well, that's Yeah, no, that that's not carte blanche to just do whatever the hell you want. It's within the known boundaries. Right. Right. Now, Will there be times you will come up against a boundary that one or both of you did not know about? Why, yes. Yep. Uh, there, I've heard from many people who will talk about how they thought they were okay with certain activities, physical activities, a spanking, uh, a hair pull, a this or that. They didn't know to say, please don't do that because it was not until the thing happened that they went, oh, no, I am not okay with this. So boundaries... I would say, no, I don't want to say especially physical, but I think of them in, in physical terms most often. Sometimes have to get set on the fly. Like it happens and you go, oh shit, I don't like this. New boundary. Let's, let me set this real quick. Mm-hmm. And that involves, especially in a scene, that involves using your safe word or whatever your method is for stopping or pausing or whatever to go, hi, just uh, just figured this thing out. We, we need to take that off the table. Yeah. We're not doing that anymore. Um, physical boundaries, and when we get down to it, sexual boundaries, and even the others, this is where a, we don't think a contract is required for power exchange. It is not. Mm -mm. But sometimes writing shit down or having it where you can go back to it later and remind yourself is not a bad thing. If, If your relationship has plenty that you can do, but also very specific things that the other person has said, please do not do this or please do it this way or whatever their boundary is. And you want to make sure that you don't like oopsie at the wrong moment. One of the ways of helping you do that might be to write it down, whether it's in a formal contract or it's just a Google doc or it's notes (laughs) app on your phone. Uh, If writing things down is not your preferred method of remembering shit, then use your preferred method. But you know, you and I together have few boundaries anymore. The ones we have 
are baked into our life. We kind of know yeah. them. We don't have to think about them. But if I had known what I know now about what I like, what I don't like, uh, what I will allow, what I don't allow, there's a very good chance that early days I might have given you a laundry list of don't do this. Please don't right. touch me here. I, physically, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you shouldn't be expected to remember every single detail, every moment, mm-hmm. especially in, in a new situation. So making notes of them is not a bad idea. Right. Because I think when we're talking about responsible kinksters who either just want to have a good time and everybody has a good time or want to build a long-term relationship, the thing you want to do is to not like plow through somebody's boundaries like they're not even there. And I think sometimes that can happen in the heat of the moment and in the excitement. And sometimes maybe you do have a piss poor memory. Okay. (laughs) Well, what do you need to do in the rest of your life to like not fuck up your memory? That's what you need to do here as well. Because nothing can fuck up trust between people quicker than violating boundaries. Well, and, and, you know, coming back around to the, to the physical boundaries specifically, one of the very first memories I have coming into uh, the commu- the, life, the the BDSM community, uh, when I attended the munch, people asking, are you a hugger? Would you yeah. like to be hugged? Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't even a matter of, of someone coming into giving you a hug and saying, you know, no, I, I, I don't want that or, or yes, it's okay, before it even mm-hmm. came up. Would you like a hug? Are you a hug? You know, are, are you okay with being touched? And the thing is, is I know that's not universal. I know there are places yeah. where people don't do that before people start commenting on how their place people don't mm-hmm. do that. But where it happens, and I have had that same experience. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I will say my, my, we'll get to it, emotional boundaries <laughs> are so shitty that even though I don't like people touching me if I don't know them. If you ask me for a hug, I will probably say yes, even though I probably don't want to. Uh, <laughs> that's a thing I have to work on. That's a me problem. Yeah. Um, but um, to me, it's just another way in that instance of practicing consent. Mm-hmm. You know, quite frankly, sure. I feel a lot better about a community if I see kinksters um, getting consent for everyday things that out in the non-kink world we whether we suffer through or we enjoy, we sort of take for granted that that's just how people are. I remember at an old job being forced to hug anybody who wanted it because of the it was a, a membership association. So I was staff and everybody who walked through the doors was a member, dues paying member. So we were constantly reminded that they paid our salary. And that meant I had to let people I really didn't like hug me like just uh, they were I thought they were evil bitches and there's a special place in hell for them and then the creepy dude that we all knew sexually harassed folks boss didn't stick up for us there either and we had to hug him too I might have issues around hugging strangers if you hadn't noticed it was bad I did learn the art of the side hug but it was just Mm. it was awful and so it is notable to me when I walk into spaces and they tend to be kink spaces where people ask simple questions. Do you mind if I sit next to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, my, can, may I hug you? Um, you know, can I ask this question before a, like asking the question, yeah. right? And 
the more I see those kinds of examples in a community, the more comfortable I am, the better I feel mm. about the community in general. Yes, knowing there are some shitty people in every community, I get, still get a warm fuzzy about the, sure. the general it, it, community. It gives you a, a good feeling overall about the the general... Because it's a, it's a culture of consent at yes. that point. Yes. And in the absence of somebody telling you specifically, yes, you may do this physically. No, do not do that physically. Mm -hmm. If you don't know for a fact, the easiest way to find out is to ask. Because at that point, it's about a, it, it's about consent. Right. The physical stuff, I think, is easier for us to understand as a consent thing. And when we get to sex, that too. Less so maybe the others. So the next type of personal boundary are emotional boundaries. And the way right. this article defines it, this is the limits or lack thereof mm -hmm. you'll place on sharing intimate feelings with others. Um, it also encompasses the emotional energy and labor that you can put into certain relationships. And I think most of us understand this. In mm -hmm. power exchange, I one is your submissive, two is your wife, three is just a person who loves you. I'm gonna put as much emotional labor and energy sure. into this as I can. Yeah. That doesn't mean I've lost the ability to set a boundary. There are times, and right. you've had to do this with me too, where we have to say to the other, I cannot handle this right now. I need, mm -hmm. I need a breather, I need a break. Can we right. talk about this later? But that doesn't mean I'm not willing to extend mm -hmm. that boundary line to encompass as much as I can I, for you. I, I have always, um, you know, one of the terms I've used for this in the past, I, I just don't have the bandwidth, bandwidth for this yeah, right now. It's a good now. word. Okay. And, and I think that that is a, a very good term to use in that circumstance. Um, you know, the other one that I, I love and I've used it a few times lately, um, you know, don't have enough spoons. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the the emotional boundaries, my emotional boundaries with you, pretty much a floodgate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I would you, actually be bothered if you held back emotionally. Right. You, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to, but it, yeah. would, it would upset me mm -hmm. if it happened. Um, you know, dear listeners, I, I love you. Wouldn't be here if, if it weren't for you. But you get a different level of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Even for all our rants, as, asides, as, and bonus sections. As, <laughs> as, as open as, as you feel we are, there, there are parts of us that we choose to keep private. Which, that is a boundary everybody gets to set. Right. Including people on the mm -hmm. internet. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you have to, you, you have to for, for your emotional well-being. And also, not everybody has earned the right for you to emotionally bleed for them mm -hmm. right um there are when you got into your accident the other yeah. day i i emotionally i tried not to emotionally bleed on you because you had worse problems than i did at that moment <laughs> and i didn't emotionally bleed all over my kids because they're children that's right. not their they, place yeah but i also so i shared what i could share with them and then i kept the bright smile on yeah. i was like okay it's gonna be fine and I, you know, I did the same kind of with my family, like, because they understood if I was texting them to go, JB's been in an accident, that I was worried. But I have a friend who I messaged at 1 a.m. <laughs> from the oh, ER. God. 
I knew it was fine. It's a five-hour time difference. She was asleep. Yeah. And I just bled it out through the, the texting because we have established that relationship and I am comfortable enough. My emotional boundaries for all that I rant and rate and and bleh all over a microphone <laughs> weekly around here, my emotional boundaries are tighter than almost anything else. I don't want to share mm -hmm. with people that I'm upset. I don't want to talk about my feelings with people. And sometimes, and this is hard in our line of work because I have to I have to work through it sometimes. Sometimes I don't have the emotional energy to accept other people's feelings. Now, yeah. the nice thing about that, this is not a power exchange thing. This is just a, uh, when you're interacting with your favorite creators uh, on the interwebs, um, I have set the boundary by, I encourage the emails, I encourage the DMs. And then when I'm ready, I go in and I answer them. Because to have the other, so many other people's emotions poured out at me mm -hmm. is draining. It's exhausting. I, I get secondhand anxiety for most of y'all, okay? And so I set the boundary of I will deal with that emotional labor that I am happy to do in limited quantities at times when I'm ready to do it, which is why I always tell people that they are going to wait for a reply for me. Whereas with you... I'm not gonna make you wait until random day, six weeks after the fact that you had a problem. I am able to and willing to make that boundary a lot more porous. So mm -hmm. only in extreme times am I gonna say, this is a heavy topic. Can I get, a, can we talk about this tomorrow? And I'm actually right. less likely to do that than you are. It's yeah. rare that I'm going to ask you to hold back because right. I want to know all of the things. You you want it you want it all. Yeah. I want to know all of the things. Me, I can tend to get overwhelmed mm -hmm. with things sometimes mm -hmm. and I need the time to be able to process things. Right. Which which is something I have told you, you know, in the past, you know, wait, give me a second. I really need to think about this and and work it through my head. Which, while I hate having to do it because I'm not a patient person, I also see that we get better outcomes. When I push mm -hmm. you to bend that boundary for me and go on an emotional journey with me before you're ready, <laughs> we have worse outcomes. We're arguing yes. more. The solution, like we have to try 85 solutions till we get to a good mm -hmm. fix. But when I just go, okay. Okay, I'm going to wait, and I might have to come back and remind you like 24 hours later. We do have that worked out. Hey, have you had a chance to think about this thing? Yeah. But when I give it that time and space that you need, that that's your emotional boundary, then we work through it, and it's a better situation. So the thing I want to point out for other Kingsters, especially in Power Exchange, because the emotional boundaries thing is going to, it's a thing you have to contend with with everybody you interact with, from friends to partners to coworkers to kids to whoever. But in power exchange, especially if you are in a committed power exchange relationship of some sort, there is very much this thinking that I think is incorrect that both partners or either side of the slash is supposed to be constantly emotionally available for the other. And when that partner cannot do that for you, they're somehow a bad partner or failing. What I think is the failure is that not everybody feels comfortable or equipped to say what you have learned to say. I 
want to help you with this. I want mm-hmm. to talk about this. I want to discuss this or whatever the case may be. I cannot do that right now. Yeah. Can you give me some time? But see what has, <coughs> excuse me, what has built up your confidence and your comfort with that, with me, is that over time, I have, while I have said to you, you know, we will talk about this later, mm-hmm. I have never not said that and swept it under the rug. Absolutely. I have always come back and said, okay, I am ready to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do. Right. Or you've, if we get busy because life is busy, yeah. I'll come back and like gently go, hey, did you have a chance to think about this? Mm-hmm. Now, Look, you are a knight in shining armor in my eyes. There is no other dom above you. Like, whatever. Let's say all the nice platitudes. Oh, I, I, I think you're the bestest ever. But you're not perfect. No. So there have been a couple of times, yeah. not on big, serious, deep things, but like life stressors that we just have to work through and it's going to be complicated. Mm-hmm. Where I had to remind you a couple of times. Yeah. But it was... Because that's not your normal thing, I knew it was an honest, oh, shit, I got busy. Uh, yeah, I yeah. do need to. Or I think, I can't remember what the, the situation, it was probably about money because that's our big stressor. But I think we got to the second, like, gentle reminder. And I finally went, look, are you just in the place we can just discuss it now? Because it was more of a procrastination on your part to not want to deal with a thing mm-hmm. and not that you were putting me off and trying to like make me go away. Right. It was more of a, I really don't want to face this this issue and I can keep forgetting it forever. <laughs> um, and so because of the nature of our relationship, I felt comfortable and safe and free right. to push a little bit. But again, we had still given the time and space of, I think a couple of days at that mm-hmm. point, from the initial moment when you knew you could not process the the situation to now. Um, so what I would say is, if you know that there are times in your power exchange relationship where you just don't have that, that ability to give that energy or that labor or take that time to a situation, it is okay to set the boundary and go, I need a day. I need some time. I, yeah. you know, can we revisit this? Whatever. As long as you're actually going to come back to it. Mm-hmm. And I think on the other side of that, and I don't want to say it's a submissive quote problem more than it's a Dom problem. It's a person problem. But I know from a submissive perspective, it can feel painful. It can feel overwhelming. It can feel scary <laughs> when Excuse we me. feel like our Doms are not, emotionally available for us in Mm -hmm. a time of strife and stress. And this is a moment where we have to step back just a little bit and go, wait, I have, just like I have my emotional boundaries of what I can handle at any given moment, so too does my dom. And if my dominant is saying, I can't do this right this second, but we will do this, we will talk about it, we will revisit it, we will figure it out, whatever, okay, fine. I think the other part with some, not all, emotional labor, mm-hmm. and this is not necessarily a dom thing, but it happens to doms, I think, frequently, is if you are a fixer personality, where what you want to do when you hear about a problem is what your natural in response is to try and fix it. Yeah. Now, imagine that... The fixer that, instinct kicks in. Right. Yeah. Now, imagine that, that instinct keep kicking in, 
at the same time you are emotionally overwhelmed and cannot do the emotional labor Ooh. of it. That's a hard feeling. Mm-hmm. And I would say to, to our fellow fixers out there, <laughs> this is a good time to practice the fine art of listening without fixing. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes, not always, sometimes just listening, one, helps your partner. They're fine after they, they got to vent a little mm-hmm. bit. And two, it does not require the level of emotional energy that fixing the problem does. That coming yeah. up with now I know some of y'all out there because I'm the same way. Sometimes it's energizing to fix the problem. Like, oh yeah. Oh, you want to come talk to me about a problem? I've had some thoughts for a very long time. <laughs> Let me get my notes out, right? <laughs> but see, that is that it. is also why there have been times when I have said to you, I need to talk. Mm. Worst but, words to an anxious person, by the way. But I just need you to listen. Right. I, I, I don't need advice. I don't need it to be fixed. I just need to get it out and off my chest. And here's the thing on, on our fixer folks, because we did an entire episode on fixing because mm-hmm. we are that, those people. When you jump in to fix a problem and you're willing to do that emotional labor and energy you may have violated the boundary of your partner. If your partner gets pissed because you just tried to fix her life when that's not what they needed, guess what? Now, part of the issue there is there was no clear setting of boundaries, which is why I'm glad that you've gotten good at going, look, I just need to tell you this thing. I just need you to listen. I don't need any ideas from you. And that is, by the way, hard. Because I always have ideas. I know. That's why I have to tell you up front. (laughs) you setting that boundary sets expectations for me and sometimes if i'm in a place where i'm frazzled and i'm overwhelmed and the last thing i can do is help you with your fucking problems right the Mm -hmm. second i got problems of my own that's actually a relief well i've got the emotional space to listen to you what i don't have is the emotional space to fix it for you so if you find yourself in that place of overwhelm and you know that you or your partner or both are fixers, look at it that way. Think about that. Is is it that your partner's not even asking for the thing that you're willing to give, except you're too tired to give it, so you don't want to give anything, and so you bail on them when they need you. Also, if you need your partner because you're going through something and you want the emotional labor from them, you want make your boundary clear so that they can make their boundary clear. And maybe the answer is you have to wait. And maybe the answer is you can talk, but nobody's trying to fix anything. And that's a people thing. That's not just a power exchange thing, but because of a lot of the expectations that get placed on both doms and subs, it gets really murky. Yeah. So. That's emotional boundaries. Mm -hmm. The third one I've already spoilered for you, and that is sexual boundaries. Right. That encompasses your comfort and consent with sexual contact. Yeah. Um, And they say it stems beyond unwanted sexual contact and applies to your relationships with long-term monogamous partners as well. I feel like in the kink world, most people are mostly okay with setting sexual boundaries. Mm -hmm. I want to point out, we said it once, we'll say it again, we'll keep saying it. Not all kink is sex. Not all sex is kink. That's true. For some people, these are two completely separate things. Mm-hmm. For others, there's a serious overlap. We have a serious overlap. Yeah. But when we, 
and, it, and I think there's some gray areas here. Like for us, our one of our top kinks is impact play. Correct. And we do most of the time, but not necessarily all of the time, get turned on by impact play. Sure. But being aroused by a thing deep in your body and soul, but not doing anything about it or exhibiting it to others or sharing in that arousal with yourself or your partner, to me does not automatically make something sexual. Right. Um, it is my body's response, automatic response. It's a physical to response. And right, it, it may very well not at all connect to what's happening in my head. So for us, impact play is either and both. Sometimes it is a distinctly just kink activity. It's a physical activity. And sometimes yeah. it's a sexy thing. And sometimes it moves back and forth depending on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just say that to say that because you think of something as sexual contact. And so it's a sexual boundary to be set. Does not necessarily mean that the next person over, including your own partner, thinks of it that way. And they might not think of it as sexual boundary. They might think of it as a physical boundary. And so when you're having these conversations, it's gonna get a little murky. It's gonna get some gray areas and you're gonna have to be really fucking clear on what mm -hmm. you mean. Um, but I think sexual boundaries, the consent portion of that, it's very similar not always, but very similar to physical boundaries. It's the same as, and emotional boundaries, because right. for many of us, sex is tied up with both physical and emotional on some yeah. level. There's an intimacy there. Um, we, I don't, I mean, I don't know what to add about sexual boundaries because that are the, sex and kink boundaries tend to be the things we already talk about the most right. anyway. Mm -hmm. And I feel, feel like if you're here listening to us you don't need the uh, no means no and let's talk about what consent looks like yeah. and, like and that's even that's not the no means no is nowhere near an accurate way of talking about sexual consent y'all like it's like the bare bones and it gets so much deeper than mm -hmm. that um but I think the reminder that I would want kinksters to have about this one is just to remember that not all kink is sex. For some people, not all sex is kink. Right. And make sure when you're having these conversations um, that you, uh, oh, I know how we can talk about this one because it just came up, it's come okay. up twice before. Make sure you know what you're talking about. Are you talking about sex? Are you talking about kinky activities? Do you Does that overlap for you, all that? Mm -hmm. But here's one that is pure power exchange situation. Okay. Not everybody will have this experience. Spill it. If in your power exchange you negotiated, I guess it's a level of consensual non-consent, but like we have, where I am sexually available to you. Mm -hmm. um, so even if we're not full around and you're... The way you do it, well, not right now, but the way you normally do yeah. it is you wake up in the middle of the night, grab me, and we're fucking, and my eyes might not even be open yet, and I have okayed that ahead of time. Right. One, the okaying of that ahead of time was us setting a sexual boundary. Right. When we modified that agreement, and I was like, look, you can wake me up in the middle of the night on the weekend, but you cannot wake me up at 3 a.m. on a Thursday when I have to work the next day. This is mm -hmm. not going to work. That was right. a new boundary we set. Yeah. Um, we did not specify this boundary. It was understood between us, but 
we do recognize it as a boundary. If I am sick or hurt, you do not do this. Absolutely. Right. Right, right. Absolutely. Wouldn't even consider it. But also, knowing all of this, when I just can't even, and no, please, I can't, no to the sex, I still maintain all right and ability to, and so does everybody else out there, to tell you, hey, daddy, if you were thinking of fucking me, could could we not? Yeah. Right? Like, I, I'm going to do it within the trappings and the emotional way of how we interact. It's going to be cutesy. It's going to mm-hmm. be silly. It's going to be baby girly. Every once in a while, it might be, uh, um, that's a hard no, not tonight. It might be very straightforward. Yeah. Depends on our moods. Um, but I have that ability and right all the time, regardless of the consensual non-consent we've negotiated for a large part of a relationship. And this is me reminding everybody out there that so do you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can have decided that we will always have sex on Fridays or we will always do this sex thing during our sexy time. And you can then go in and go, actually, that's not going to work this time. Yeah. And again, you don't, you're not required to say why. I do think for most long-term intimate power exchange relationships, your partner's gonna wanna know why. And assuming it does not violate another boundary of yours that will, you know, like your emotional boundaries, I would encourage you to share why if that intimacy is already developed between you. If it has not developed between you, then you don't have to. You can just go, no, we're not doing this tonight. Um, But in those times when you feel safe to share your reasons why, Mm -hmm. it can help, assuming a relatively healthy relationship, it can help other foster other things sure. like the trust, like the open communication, mm-hmm. like a deeper understanding of one another. But again, you're not required to. Nope. And yes, I don't care what you pre-negotiated with, with blah, 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 consensual non-consent. They can bend you over a thing and fuck you six ways to Sunday. If it's like, <laughs> if it's a day when you're like, no, the fuck you can't, then it gets to be a day you say in your way, no, the fuck you can't. So that's what I would say about sexual boundaries. The fourth one, Mm -hmm. time boundaries. Ah. So this involves how you want to spend your time and the amount of time you'll allocate to various endeavors. Mm -hmm. They use the example of like attending somebody's party saying I can, a boundary would be, I can come by, but only for a couple of hours. Look, when we're talking about time boundaries and events elsewhere, my boundaries, I'm not going. I'm sorry. I'm just, that's my boundary. Well, (laughs) one of the first things that come come to my mind with this, uh, you know, um, thinking about things like um, poly relationships. Ooh, yeah, you're going to have to get real clear on your time boundaries then. Because you know, here you are. You're you're emotionally vested in 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 various people, depending on what your your your, your poly looks like. And you know, it, it it's kind of like saying, well, you know, you and I on on Saturdays, that's family time with my primary. Right. You know, that that's something we do. Um, you know, a, a little bit of example of, of personal time boundary for me um, on Wednesdays. We sit down. We usually. do usually. Yeah. Um, we do multiple recordings mm-hmm. for podcasts. We do videos. We do a live stream. And 
end of the day, that is extremely tiring to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. On, on Wednesday afternoons and evenings, I plan nothing. Right. Um, dinners are very simple and quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I have no bandwidth, very little emotional energy left after right. that day. I am more exhausted from doing that than I am working in the shop sometimes. Sure. So I, you know, I I have to say, you know, look, Wednesdays are not great for me. Don't, you know. Sure, and that's and that's because in our situation, we have a primary partner, and then you mm-hmm. have other partners, and. I recognize that because I'm sacked out on the couch next to you, but yeah. other partners who don't understand that schedule and what that does to you, mm-hmm. that is a point where you have to explain to them, okay, <laughs> I uh, I get I get that you might want my attention, but it's going to be minimal on Wednesdays. Yeah. And that, in setting that boundary, that then sets expectations for the other person. And so part of this, and this is for all of these boundaries, is sort of a know thyself kind of thing. Yeah. And know thyself does not mean you came out of the ground fully formed and just knew yourself. You will be learning these things. And as you learn these yeah. things about yourself and realize, wait, I can't give this time, this energy, do this physical thing. As you learn that, then it's important to communicate it with the people mm-hmm. who may have an expectation that you do have that time energy, whatever, whatever. Right. And because when we set our, our boundaries, our personal boundaries, clearly with a person who is going to respect them, yes, we all know people who will not, <laughs> we are set managing their expectations as well. Now, this one more than the others, but this is true of all of the other types of personal boundaries. I just watched it happen with you uh, on a time boundary. Time boundaries can fuck up a relationship more than anything mm-hmm. because one of you, may have a lot less time to give than the other one wants to receive from you. Um, Ages ago, you went through kind of a uh, rough patch with somebody because they needed both more emotional energy and time from you Mm -hmm. than you could give them. Right. Now, the worst thing for both sides of that would have been to keep pretending to try to give that to them or that promising you would and then failing them and falling through and not living up to your word. The best thing, although it was the most painful thing, was to say, I cannot give this to you. Right. You deserve somebody who can, but that person is not me. Right. does it hurt like a motherfucker when somebody sets a boundary with us that then means we can't have something we want? Yeah, when you really like somebody, yeah, fucking hurts. But what to me, I always go, well, what would hurt worse? To have that, to be told that up front and have a chance to either work through it, work around it, part ways amicably and go find somebody who can give me what I need, or to have somebody one that I learned later, they twisted themselves into knots trying to give me something that they couldn't give, that they sacrificed other parts of their life badly, and or that they disappointed me time and time again because they kept saying they would give me a thing that they physically could not give mm-hmm. me. And that does tend to be time and emotional energy. Yeah. And so now I'm disappointed in them. Now I don't feel like I can trust them, which means can I trust other people? Will people say that they will give me this time and energy and then not, right? Like now I have trust issues. So as hard as it can be, I would rather you just tell me, I don't have time for this. I would love to have time for this. I don't have time for this. 
Um, time boundaries are, it's not just a poly thing. Uh, if you uh, do not live with your partner, that's cool. gonna, there's gonna be time boundaries that have to get set. We all Very know the true. obvious, there's school, there's work. If mm -hmm. you're a caregiver for other people, children or adults, you know your time gets sucked up by that. And then the time you have left over is what you then have to divvy up for everything else in your life. Long distance relationships rely heavily on knowing each other's time boundaries. Absolutely, especially if there's time differences involved. Oh my Lord, yes. And um, there, I've noticed for many people, there can also be, there's a term I can't think of, but basically it's an uneven distribution of time. Meaning when you and I were long distance, I worked full time, you worked full time. Okay, mm -hmm. basically the same. One, there was also the slight time difference of an hour time difference. There, That was a thing. But also I was dealing with kids. Yes. Which was a huge suck of my time. And if I had had a day where one or both children had a meltdown and we were fighting over chicken nuggets and Pop-Tarts, which is why I do not fight food battles with my children. It's not fucking worth it. <laughs> and I'm frazzled and I'm on edge and I'm exhausted after I already had my 10 hour work day and then my 90 million hours of parenting that just doesn't stop. To then flip a switch and give you three hours at night of mm -hmm. long distance submission over the fucking phone was probably not gonna help. No. <laughs> so we had to manage our own expectations of how much energy could either of us give? What time mm -hmm. of day was it? What was going on in the rest of our life? And I think that's a, a thing that happens to any relationship, but certainly power exchange, which tends to be kind of all consuming and encompassing for partners, especially early days. And then add a layer of we either don't live together or there's a time difference or there's, you know, it's long distance and it's just harder. It is about having realistic expectations of the amount of time you actually have and then communicating that with a partner. Quite frankly, boundaries, setting them and respecting them is also managing expectations and having mm -hmm. good communication. Yeah. The time thing of all of these, and I know how important sexual boundaries can be. I know how important emotional boundaries can be, but I have just watched time boundaries fuck up so many people. Yeah. Because the expectations are that you'll get more than the other person can give. And part of that is on them to be honest. I can't give you this, I can give you that. Plans change, blah, blah, blah. And the other side of that is for the partner who's not getting enough of what they need to be honest that maybe they need something more and maybe this person is not the one who can give them what they actually mm -hmm. need. True. So it gets complicated. Yep. Last boundary. Um, I have have a thought about how this relates to power exchange. Okay. It's material right. boundaries. Mm. And this is uh, encompasses setting limits on what you will share with and with whom. Now this is about physical items, not we share our thoughts, we share our feelings, we share our time in power exchange, we share our bodies, right? Like we already know about sharing, but this is material sharing. This is, I own this stuff <laughs> and it belongs <laughs> to me. And will I share with others? The first thing that comes to mind for me on this in kink is toys. Mm -hmm. Whose collar is that? Whose flogger is that? I think there's a bunch of different ways to figure this out. I think that 
figuring it out and stating it clearly for both partners to understand is super important. Um, the way we have done toys, and it doesn't matter to us now because we're together and you're mm -hmm. stuck with me for the next you know 100 years, whatever, uh, is if my body fluids get on it and it cannot be sterilized clean, it's yours. It's mine yep. because my ookie gookies are all over it already. Thanks. <laughs> I have marked it with my scent and pheromones and germs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Those are mine. Um, when we think about collars, when we think about mm -hmm. toys that can be sanitized, uh, there that's a gray area. Right. That is a gray area that is dependent upon factors that will be important to you. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you, well, if you're the one that paid for the collar, it's your collar. Well, if you're the yeah. one that's wearing the collar, no, 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 well, no, 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 no. You get to decide Something that. that I have seen that um, I, I think is a fabulous idea. Um, I have seen bottoms that play with others. Mm -hmm. And they have assembled their own toy bag. Mm-hmm. So when they go to play, they take their toy bag mm -hmm. and they meet somebody to play. These are my toys. You can use these on me, mm -hmm. you know, and I do not want, don't want anything else used. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that's a perfect example. Absolutely. Of, of that. Um, you know. So it, it definitely does transfer over into this. And another, I can't remember how we settled it. I just remember having the feeling. So you have, we have a toy bag. Mm -hmm. Most of the things there we would call mine because yeah. my junk's been all over. Uh, as has my sweat, okay? Um, but I give, I allow you to take that toy bag mm -hmm. because you know what can safely be used on another person. Right. Um, with you, if you go to an event without me, pre-plague. Um, Plus in, for us, in, in many cases, we have duplicates of stuff True, too. true, true. And not everything we have can't be clean. Right. So my point is, we have a universal toy bag. Correct. That travels with you even if I am not with you. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember what the item was, but I remember having the conversation that if you play, you play. That's fine. That's fine. Have a good time. Mm -hmm. Please don't use this thing. Like it was some, I don't, this is how not sentimental I am. I can't even tell you what that thing was. Might have was. been the gentle giant. Might have been. But yeah. it was something that I had an emotional attachment mm -hmm. to that feels like mine in a way that I don't want to share with somebody else. Right. And it is oh fucking K that I don't want to share. Absolutely. My stuff with other people. Mm -hmm. that, that's a boundary you get to have, y'all. Um, I love the idea that if you are just somebody who you know you're going to play with multiple people, you just assemble your own little kit. Mm -hmm. And one, that means you know that those are items that you are, that are within your boundaries. Right. Two, there's no question of who the fuck they belong to. And three, mm -hmm. then even when you do that, you don't have to just open it up and, and let a top pick all of the things. You can then set boundaries within that and go, okay. For today's thing, I want you to use from this array of things, ignore the rest. Like, yeah. I don't want floggers tonight. I want paddles. I don't want paddles tonight. I want crops. Like, whatever it might be. You then get to set the boundary within the boundary. Um, on 
the more sentimental stuff <laughs> uh, that's less about getting kinky. I'm going back to collars here. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that um, episode we did on the Reddit re responses where somebody was buying, I think, like a collar and leash set like or whatever for their sub. And they were like, I don't want my sub to wear it for anybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't want, you know... I, to, I bought it. If something ever happens to us, I, I wouldn't want to think of them wearing it for blah, blah, blah. That they were asking the question ahead of time, whose does this belong to? Whose is this? Yeah. And I think that when you start talking about buying kink items, whether they're like the super sentimental, like a collar kind of thing, mm -hmm. or they're just functional, right? When you are purchasing a thing for use, in your that specific power exchange before you start playing with it before you even maybe gift it to the other person however that's going to play out that's a time to have the conversation about whose is this right and how do i feel about how it's and, used and let's be honest you know a, a collar means different things to different people yep to one person, it's it's a means to an end. It's it's something you put on your neck and and you play. To others, that collar can have as deep a meaning as as a wedding ring. Absolutely, absolutely. And the I would personally say before you start spending your money on a collar and proffering it up to somebody, uh, you should have that conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you know how the uh, other person feels about it. That's again, it's a boundary thing and it's an expectation thing. Yeah. And it's a consent thing. Um, I do believe in the, if you gift a thing to a person, I bought this, I'm giving it to you. Yeah. At least outside of the power exchange, you lose control over it. Now, True. I think you can negotiate that within a power exchange. I bought you this leather cuff and collar set. I'm giving it to you, it's yours. Keep it here. Excuse we'll me. use it when we play. And negotiate, especially if they have other partners. I would like you to only use this when we're playing for mm -hmm. us, right? You can negotiate that, and then the other person has the opportunity to, to agree or disagree. If you give it to a person and that relationship ends, unless they want to give it back to you because they don't want the reminder, you lose they're, all they're power under, over they're that un, thing. They're under no obligation to. No yeah. obligation. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, when, when you get into that gray area of material possessions that you are purchasing for use within your dynamic, you need to think, be very real with yourself and very clear with each other about who y'all are. If you have each have multiple partners, I think it's fine to set ground rules for certain items. You both have to agree to them. One person can't go in there like a dictator and be like, this is how we're doing it. No, this is a negotiation. This is a back and forth discussion. We have to find our middle ground that works or mm -hmm. take your shit back and hopefully give it to somebody else or get a refund. But that's, all of these boundaries are like that. You right. have to have conversations. You have to be willing to say the thing Sometimes a hard thing, sometimes not. You then have to be willing to listen when your partner tells you, this is how I would like this to go down. And then you have to start setting your own boundaries with right. it. What are you and, comfortable with? And setting boundaries is okay. It's if, required. Yeah. <laughs> if, if someone's telling you that setting boundaries is selfish, you need to rethink things. Yeah. It be, because, you know, we all have 
our boundaries. And here's the thing. And there is nothing wrong with that. Let's flip that fucking word selfish on its goddamn head. The word selfish gets demonized, and Mm -hmm. sometimes fairly so. Sometimes people are selfish rat bastards who do not care about others around them. Okay, but being selfish, let's turn that into self-preservation. Yeah. Self, even self-care. Self-care, yeah. Fucking taking care of yourself. You are not a bad person because you're like, here's what I'm okay with, and here's what I'm not, and here's what I'm willing to do, and here's what I'm not willing to do, and no, I can't give you 85 hours of my fucking time. And see, that, that's, that's, a, that's an <laughs> Just excellent... Just because you demanded it. That, that's an excellent term for this because wouldn't you agree that setting boundaries for yourself is a form of self-care? Because think about how you feel when... We don't always think of it in this terms, but something happens and you were like, I should have said something. I don't like it when they do that, but I've never told them they can't do that. Mm -hmm. Or I wish they wouldn't do that thing, right? It's a boundary in your mind. It's a boundary even maybe of your person that you have not expressed for for all kinds of reasons. And I get it. There's lots of reasons to to not share a boundary with a person and tell them, please do or do not do this. But think about how you feel when a boundary gets violated, even if you have not yet said, please don't do that. Mm. I know how I feel. I remember how I felt when I had to hug motherfuckers I didn't like. Mm. As part of my fucking job, okay? It's awful. How many times, vanilla or kink life, have we given somebody more time and or emotional energy than we really should have? And We don't say anything. We just walk away from the experience being exhausted, feeling bad, not wanting to do it in the the next time. You know, pick a feeling. That's what an unexpressed, unrespected boundary can do for us. Mm -hmm. Now, as with everything, this is a skill. I am for shit at setting boundaries. I have to spend a lot of time justifying to myself why it's okay to have a boundary Mm -hmm. before I can express said boundary. It is hard for me, okay? I'm not good at it. I still allow slightly small, not the most, you know, explosive boundaries ever to to be walked all over because I can't always tell somebody, please don't do that. I don't like that. Like I swallow down a lot and deal with a lot that I don't love because I'm so bad at it. So I'm not sitting here from a place of, I have expressed perfectly every boundary I have in my life is, you know, the best ever. Fuck that shit. But it is a skill to learn. Mm -hmm. It requires communication. It requires trust and intimacy with a person that you believe will honor that boundary, but they can't honor a boundary that you've never expressed, right? If you are the person who is with a partner who constantly just okay stuff, but you're you're starting to go, wait, what the fuck are their boundaries? It's probably because they've never told you one outside of maybe a hard limit and kink. It's your job at a certain point to start asking questions. Is this okay? Would you like to do this? Would you like to do something Mm -hmm. else? Because part of it, not all of it and not for everybody, part of sharing a boundary and saying, this is a thing that I do or don't want is a feeling of safety. Am I safe to express this with you? And if you would like your partner to clearly state their boundaries with you, then it is your job to be a safe person for them. Now, that does not mean that is all on you. I'm not asking uh, for all of your emotional energy and labor, but I do think you need to keep that in mind as you're navigating these conversations with one another and you're figuring out 
each of those boundaries. And then also remember that you will figure out boundaries as you go along. You will be in the middle of a scene. You will be in the middle of a situation. You will be in the middle of a very serious conversation about your kink life. And one of you is gonna go, oh shit, I don't like that. Or, oh shit, I need this, not that. Also, like we said at the top, boundaries are contextual. I have boundaries with certain people that I don't have with JB. I allow JB access and things for me that nobody else in this fucking planet gets, right? Like I, that that's okay too. So just because you set a boundary with a specific person in a specific situation does not mean that that is required in all human interaction for the rest of your fucking life either. Um, boundaries are complicated and yet they're super simple. Um, if you're not sure, is this a boundary? Is this something I should um, tell somebody about? I'm no expert. I just know how I've kind of figured it out over the years. And it's basically, do I feel worse <laughs> when I said yes, when I really didn't want to? Did it not work out well? Am I emotionally exhausted? Do I not feel safe? Am I miserable? Like get introspective and think about how you feel. Um, and it may be that what you do when you start setting personal boundaries is you swing too far one way, the pendulum goes one way and you lock everything down. Well, that's okay. Cause as that pendulum comes back to the middle, you'll start to correct and you'll start to open up and you'll start to go, okay, this is okay in these situations, but not those. I'm okay with this, with that person and not those people. And you'll figure it out. But, oh, please, Lordy Jesus, y'all, let's all get better at recognizing where those boundaries are for us. And then on the flip side, get better at respecting our partner's boundaries so that they feel safe to open up in other ways that maybe they've locked down for a while or so that they know that they can be their full selves with us because they've told us what they want or don't want and we work within those I was like the personal bubble, like the, the fence line, right? Like that's what a limit is. That's what a hard limit is. That's what a boundary is. It's a fence line where you go, I can go up to this fence line, but I cannot go over this fence line. It's the only fucking analogy I got y'all, sorry. So yeah, <laughs> that's that on boundaries. And if you're thinking, gee, it's super, super quiet around here. That's because JB ran from the room. And so now I'm gonna stall for a second before I can do our closing out thing. So <laughs> he's hobbling over to the microphone. We wanna say our little tagline mm -hmm. and then we'll get we into yeah. the bonus section. Sorry about that, but. Hey, I'm oh. just glad you're here to sit down in front of a mic. You and me both. Which we'll talk about in a minute. All right. Are we good? I have no idea. Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? Yes, you may. Okay. Would you like me to tell the story? You seem like you're teetering on the edge of exhaustion. I'm I'm a little tired. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll give me a second here. So, um, yeah. He's playing with his vape, y'all. If you were like, mm -hmm. what is that squeaky noise? He had to refill. 
So as as Kayla hinted um, earlier on, um, there was a bit of an accident. <laughs> a bit of a accident. Yeah. Sure. Um, September 28th, to be exact. You went to a munch that night. I went to the munch that night. And um, all things being relative, the weather here in Florida has been getting nicer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, fall-ish weather for Florida and, and the summer rains have slacked off. So I've been riding the motorcycle more. And I decided to take the bike to the munch. Um, about a 35, 40 minute ride-ish, give or take. And it was a marvelous ride. Had a, had a great ride up there. Um, had a wonderful time at the munch. Lots of, met lots of new people. <coughs> All the old folks and, you know, the regulars. And uh, had a great time. And it was about a little bit before 9 o'clock, started hitting home. And uh, I did not feel uncomfortable riding home from there. Mostly um, what you would call a highway, but um, it was uh, in between highway, between two major cities, and, and it was fairly quiet. It was a back road level back of road. highway. Yeah. Not exactly a, a busy street. Right. And uh, it was a beautiful night to be out riding. Uh, the weather was beautiful. Um, traffic was fairly light. Um, now I will preface this with saying I always ride with full gear. I uh, have my boots, had jeans, jacket, because uh, it was at night. I had reflective gear on, helmet, gloves, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was coming off coming up to the turn where I was going to be getting off said highway. I was in the left-hand lane. Um, a car entered the road from the median. They apparently did not see me. And there was very little time for me to react. And the two of us met. Mm-hmm. Um, after that point, I do not remember very much, um, other than being in the ambulance and asking for my phone so I could call you. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. And you were lucid when you called me. I mean, I've since had to remind you of that conversation and tell you what you told me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the time, um, you were lucid. Yeah. And uh, by the time we got, I got to the emergency room, you were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't let me back in. They didn't bring me back to you, probably, I guess, until after your ultrasound. So yeah. it was about 9.30 when you called. Okay. And you're like, hi, baby girl. I think you did say baby girl in front of the EMTs. Oh, God. I think I really think you did, <laughs> but I don't I, I, I don't, don't know. remember. And you were like, there's been an accident. And I I don't remember what I said. I don't I remember my heart racing. I remember 
I started crying, uh, and then I remembered, oh, wait, the children can hear me, so then I tried to calm the fuck down. Um, and I just clung to the, okay, if he can speak to me from the back of this ambulance, then maybe it's not so bad. Because if you had been, like, bleeding out or something was broken yeah. or whatever, they were not going to hand you your fucking phone. No. So I was like, okay, okay, it's not, it's not, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's not great. Um... So we talked for about 10 minutes and one of my questions was, wait, am I going to be allowed to go into the ER with you because yeah. it's the time of the plague? And the EMT person said, you have to call the hospital to find, you'll have to call the hospital to find out because their rules are changing all the time based on levels and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so, um, I, yeah, I, I settled the kids in, um, let them know where I was going, um, even though I sounded very panicked, I was like, but don't panic. I'm sure it's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, my acting skills, uh, were not that great that night. I was texting my family, um, because I did know that my aunt would not have been able to do very much, even though she was, was physically closer that we live mm -hmm. in basically the same town, just on two opposite ends of it. Um, and she has a lot of medical things going on, but to not tell her would have, well, that wasn't going to happen. But I knew that if something really bad happened, my mom could get here because she's retired yeah. and she has that kind of freedom and can do that stuff. So it was like, okay, I have to give them a heads up. Um, and then I had to put clothes on because it was 930 <laughs> at night. I was sitting on the couch in my PJs reading a book. Right. Um, and then because, you know, your mind just does weird things in times of crisis. I was like, I don't know if he's coming home tonight. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. But before I leave this house, I'm going to get the coffee pot ready. Because if he <laughs> wants a cup of coffee in the morning, I'm not going to remember at whatever time we get home to do the coffee pot. Uh, <laughs> so in the midst of all of that, I stopped to take care of the coffee pot. Um, I ended up pulling up to the hospital probably at about the same time you did, maybe a little bit after. Because I had to, I stopped, I called, they said, are you here for COVID? I said, no. They said, yes, the one person can come in. Um, and then they, I found out they actually have a person at the front door of the ER before you can get to the registration desk who probably would have told me the same thing. Okay. Um, but I was determined. I was like, I guess I'll just be sitting in this parking lot if they tell me I can't come in. <laughs> um, and I only had to wait in the waiting room for a minute or so. Um, and when I, they walked me back there. And when I got back to you, um, you were alone. There, there, whoever had come in to talk to you that you clearly don't remember now, <laughs> they were gone. Okay. Um, but what you told me at the time is that they had done an ultrasound on you. Yeah. Um, and you, typical you, you, you and I are similar in this way. You're like, yeah, they were making sure my insides hadn't moved around. And I was like, <laughs> okay, he's cracking jokes. That's a good sign. Um, your face was bloody, not like overly so, like they're around your mouth. Because yeah. That's where your helmet did not cover. But your glasses were still on your head. I know. Uh, I know. Your phone had survived. And I know it sits in a holder when you're riding. It's like right there. Actually, I didn't put it in did, there. You I, didn't. Maybe it, that's it why was, I survived it was, it was in my tank bag. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I keep thinking somebody that I'm not religious enough to be thanking, but you know what I mean. Um, and we were then basically in for the wait. Yeah. Um, 
you were, they ended up taking you back for a full CT scan from head right. to toe. Um, they almost lost her glasses in the, the process. Yes. We got those back. Um, I was like, and I didn't survived even, the accident to get lost And I, The funny thing is that I didn't even realize that when they wheeled me back because they had brought me all the way back to the um, ER room. Mm -hmm. And it was you. You were like. I looked at you and I went, wait, where, where the are your glasses? Your glasses? <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, we, the, we talked to the hospital registration people. They were great and told us, okay, here's, here's how this works. When you get a $10,000 bill, walked us through our steps that we yeah. should, if insurance wasn't going to cover it, we should take, um, highway patrol came back in because mm -hmm. there's a whole chunk of time. We still don't know what happened. We don't know if there were witnesses. We know the driver stopped. Did he call the police or did a witness call the police? We don't know. We don't have a police report yet. Yeah. Um, but we know Florida Highway Patrol was there because they're the ones that got your bike towed for yeah. you. Um, and they were gathering all the information. Um, they came in to talk to us. <laughs> First of all, the highway patrolman looked young enough to be our child. I was like, who is this baby? And why did they let him have a gun? <laughs> but he was visibly relieved to see that we had motorcycle insurance, which that's a, a thing to point out. We are fully insured on the motorcycle. We yeah. are fully insured through our auto insurance. Both um, are through the same company. We use Geico. And so in the process of the insurance stuff, our insurance adjuster is like, actually, we think we can apply some of this to the auto insurance. Do I want to think about what it's going to do to my our premiums I in a know. few months? No, the fuck I don't. But also, I'll take a, a hike in my premiums over a fifteen twenty thousand dollars hospital bill because right. the registration lady was like, "So who's your medical insurance with?" And I told her, and she went, "I don't think we take them here." And I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" Everybody that was in an official capacity, from the highway patrolman to the mm -hmm. hospital staff was both very grateful and also very surprised that you were wearing a helmet, that you had insurance that, yeah. like, because and the, the woman who took you back for your CT scan, I don't know if you remember this, she mm -mm. said, over the past week, we've had a ton of motorcycle accidents come into the ER and most of them weren't wearing a helmet. And I know why they would have so many accidents because the weather had gotten nice right. and everybody's more, fucking more riding right More people were out on their bikes, yeah. But I'm just today in the... 20 minutes and what eight miles it takes to go from our house to the 12 year old school for drop off mm -hmm. i saw easily four motorcycles on the road in that little short time and only yeah. one of those people was wearing a helmet yeah that it, it's yeah. not required here in florida so a no. lot of people don't right. just like motorcycle insurance is not required we had just i don't want to make it sound like we think we're saintly in this we had just purchased that policy like Six months ago. Six months ago. And I had already, I had been wondering, should we have purchased this now when our financial life is up in flames? Is this the right thing to do? I'm so fucking glad yeah. we did it. Yep. <laughs> I'm so glad we did it. Yeah. Well, actually, it occurred just before that, but... Well, but we get, saw what yeah, was on we, the horizon. Yeah, we, we knew it was coming, but yeah, very grateful that, that we did. So... Um, you came home that night. I came home that we were night. Home by like two a.m. Yeah. So about four, four and a half hours in the ER. I um I tried to climb into bed. <laughs> that was that <laughs> realized was what a humorous. big mistake that was. Yeah. Um, and and I ended up camped out on the recliner in about four or five days. 
about yeah you didn't come lay down in the bed till this past weekend yeah and that was tuesday night wednesday morning so yeah about and um i i am slowly feeling better you are bruised from your lower back to the backs of your knees my, basically. my entire midsection and and thighs yeah we think we know the point of impact we know because we know which part of the bike was damaged right. and you know from the little bit of preliminary information but we also know where the biggest blackest bruise is um yeah. and but we don't we don't know any of those details of exactly what part of his car struck your bike we know the bike mm -hmm. was struck we've seen it you've got pictures of it right um did the car hit you i keep reminding him when he's trying to do something that you know a victim of a motorcycle accident probably should not do within the first week i'm like you know you were hit by a literal fucking car yeah. and i do think the car hit you yeah i think part of the bike might have like the front of the bike took the brunt but just that's and I don't know that for a fact, but I'm and I also think even if the car itself never touched you, I get to say we get to call it. You were hit by a literal car. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You've got oh my god, and the bruises were over a week out now. Their new bruises have not formed in the past couple of days, but they are <laughs> for a week. They were just we were taking pictures every day, and of course we can't help ourselves. It was like these are not the nudes I thought we would be taking anytime <laughs> soon. But yeah, we, it, yeah, there are some that are black. There's some that are purple. There's some that are green and yellow. And uh. yeah, um, I I I am very grateful that um, walking away with bruising. Oh yeah, and the only um, uh, broken bone was in a in hairline your nose. hairline fracture on my nose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were clearly beat up. You're clearly sore. You yeah. have a follow-up appointment after this episode comes my, out the following Monday. My ribs hurt. Yeah. Um, hurts to cough, to sneeze, yeah, and what, laugh. <laughs> what we don't know is, did you get thrown from your bike? Did the bike just get pushed over and you yeah. were underneath? Like, we don't know any of that. The, the, the police report is not available yet. Um, the insurance company had talked with them again yesterday um they still do not have it yet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i'm i'm interested to kind of see that because there are um gaps in my memory sure what we think happened what you were kind of telling me in the very beginning when you were still sort of out of it was the last thing you remembered was like you said realizing that you weren't going to be able to stop in time right. and that you swerved and i and i did try to to turn the bike away from the car but right um but what we believe happened is at some point after that moment upon impact um we think you were knocked unconscious and i don't know if it was at the point of impact or when you landed uh the back of your helmet is cracked yes like cracked not like split in half but cracked enough it's definitely never gonna be worn again um and you came back to consciousness as they were putting you in the ambulance correct so did you pass out or were you knocked out who the fuck knows mm -hmm. uh, that's the strangest part i think for both of us is there is uh, the the most important factor of the entire accident is the part that there's we don't know right um so yeah yeah <laughs> and uh kayla has been absolutely 
marvelous, taking really good care of me. I have been your committed life partner who loves you dearly. Yeah. And uh, yes, we'll take care of you because I fucking love you dearly. But sure. And, and Lola has barely left my side. Yeah, she was allowed to not sleep in her crate for a few nights while you were on the couch. And she slept next to you the whole night, right? And what, yeah. And, and what was funny, you know, she has this habit when I'm on, on the sofa, um, she will bound up onto the sofa and just leap into my lap. Mm -hmm. And she was not doing that. She was, you know, leaping up on the sofa, but she was laying down next to me. And the most she would do is maybe just like kind of put her head in my lap. Yeah. She was real gentle with you. Yeah. For a few days. Um, I recall the screams of the day she decided not to be gentle with you anymore right. i mean that brought everybody from all corners of the house into the <laughs> living room like what the fuck is wrong oh lola jumped in his lap yeah <laughs> she apparently four days was enough time for her she she, she figured uh, uh four days five days wasn't was, in, was uh, enough recuperating and and she wanted her cuddles <laughs> <laughs> And Onyx um, sniffed you as much as her little nose could reach when we came home from the hospital, yeah. then ignored you for 24 hours, mm -hmm. and then started following you everywhere for a few days. Yeah. Um, Ella, we love her. She's kind of a bitch. Good she thing she's care. beautiful, but, right? you know. She did yeah. not give a fuck. But yeah. Onyx was a little concerned, like, what the actual fuck. Right. Um, the kids have been great. Yeah. Um, the oldest is barely here anymore, so he's like, oh, sure, whatever. Mom, can I have 20 bucks? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the youngest, who hates interruption to his routine, like, it really, like, throws him off. He's been rolling with the punches pretty well. So yeah. um, I, we had this conversation last night. This is true in, uh, in all relationships, regardless of the um, way that uh, tasks are divvied up. But in our relationship, we know there, the um, the household stuff is fairly well evenly divided, fifty fifty. Mm -hmm. um, but even we still have the uncharitable thought that we keep to ourselves because we don't want to fight unnecessarily. <laughs> of God, I do everything around here, right? Like sometimes that is actually true. I've left relationships where that's actually true, and sometimes it's a perception problem because you're tired and you're cranky. Uh, now that I have actually had to be doing everything around here, I <laughs> told JB last night that I will try to keep that uncharitable thought out of my head for a while <laughs> once he's back up and operational because <laughs> now I am reminded of what it's like to do every fucking thing around yeah. here and I can't wait for him to be able to help again. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's how much you're doing. Okay, yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> now, a little humorous side to this um when i ride my bike i i have what's called a tank bag oh god i forgot about that yeah yeah yeah. and the tank bag has magnetic flaps that magnetically attach to the gas tank of the bike and when i'm riding that's generally where i put things my wallet um i've got garage door clicker in there um phone you know my my e-cig any of that stuff goes in there well, because I was going to the munch that night, uh, you know, the folks there, they know I make toys and things like that. And, and I brought a couple of the new things I was working on to show off. Um, they were in my tank bag. And they obviously 
went through it because they got my information. They got your wallet. And wallet and the the EMT um, got my phone for me. So um, yeah, they got to see these uh, paddles. And as I reminded him, we know a lot of kinky people in the medical yes. profession. Yeah. Pretty sure nobody blinked a fucking eye. Right. <laughs> So, you and know. weirdly, all that stuff that was in your tank bag, plus the things they put in it, like your reflective gear they put in yeah. your tank bag. Um, and they took it off, yeah. You know, stuff like that. The only thing that was damaged in that collision was the, the garage, garage door, door opener. opener. And it's like, it's in it's pieces. It's in pieces, yeah. It's destroyed. Yeah. But nothing else. I know. I was like, what the hell happened? Because that's, I mean... That's why I was shocked when your phone survived. Man, yeah. that really would have sucked. Because do we have insurance on the phone? No, we no. don't. Should we get insurance on the phone? Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've insured the house, the car, and the motorcycle up to our fucking eyeballs. That's it. I've hit yeah. my limit. <laughs> I know. I know. So the fate of the bike itself at this point is still unknown. Yeah, we still don't have a clue. Um, Kayla looked up the, the blue book value of the bike. Um, it it's is not. a 2001 Honda Shadow. Yeah, it's not not a high value. It, it's yeah. it's an older bike. Um, I love that bike. I love I I bought it because I loved the style of it, mm -hmm. um, the look, the color, everything about that bike. And I've added a few things to it over the time I've owned it. And you just spent all that. And money I just to get it spent fixed. all that money getting it fixed between the two shops. Well over a thousand dollars. Yeah, probably close to fifteen hundred. Right. And um, like I said, I have seen the bike. I, I took some pictures. Um, we don't know. We we don't know. Are they going to um, total it? Or are they going to fix it? If yeah. they fix it, and they're willing to pay to have it fixed, great. Our deductible is like fifty bucks. Right. I'm here for that. I will gladly yeah. pay fifty dollars to fix the bike. But if the repairs will potentially cost more exceed than the more thing, than the bike is worth, they're going to total it. They're they're going to total it, um, which means I won't be gonna have a bike for a while no. because yeah, no, not be able to. When uh, your financial house it. is on fire, you don't get to take on a motorcycle payment. payment. No, <laughs> that's just a life so, rule. So that is is um, all up in the air. Yeah, um, we have a plan though. We we do. We have a plan for how you'll um, eventually get a bike. We. It is looking like the person that hit me does not have insurance. Yeah. Um, Which is what makes me grateful we are insured up to right. our eyeballs. Um, yeah, and um, because there has been no contact, no talk of the other person's insurance mm -hmm. at this point, almost two weeks, a week and a half out. Yeah. Um, our insurance company can't find them. Can't get them. Yeah. Yeah, our our insurance company's been trying to get a statement from him, and they can't find him. <laughs> so, um, twenty seven year old kid. Yeah. Um, you know, because of uh, the number of hit and runs here in Florida, I I am at least grateful mm -hmm. that they stopped. I mean, I I'm assuming they're the ones that called. There was not much traffic on the road at that hour of the night so i mean that's what i'm kind of guessing at this point mm -hmm. um you know all, all things considered um i'm doing well um you know it probably helped I, I was not traveling at a high rate of speed sure. um 
I, I've been riding a motorcycle for a little over a decade now. And, uh, you know, speed was never my thing. That's one of the reasons why I have a cruiser. It's To me, it's about the ride. <laughs> so I'm um, kind of grateful for that. I'm sure if it was, you know, either of us were going any faster, it probably would have, could have been a lot worse. Oh, absolutely. I, th I think so, too. So. I think so, too. And so now we are getting back to episodes and videos and even mini podcast episodes yeah. at your pace mm -hmm. because you will probably need a nap just after this one episode. Right. Been, been sitting up for a little while. I, I am doing my best to listen to my body when I need to sit down. I sit down. Mm -hmm. When I feel tired, I take a nap. Mm -hmm. Um just trying to to listen to what my body says and and give it the time it needs to heal um, I do have a a follow-up appointment with my doctor coming up Monday yes and for anybody who remembers the uh, bonus sections where we ranted about the doctor he had not with that doctor the doctor he wanted to see didn't have easy availability so this is a big practice they were like you can just see any one of our doctors that has the availability for mm -hmm. follow-up care and then when you're ready to establish with a you know yeah uh, with a new just person, tell us who you want to see yeah right so that was for all the procrastination that happened over that that ended up being easier right then uh, and that is how many things go we procrastinate mm -hmm. because we worry what it'll be like and then it's yeah. not that big a deal so, so. um you know, yeah, doing doing okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the uh, cuts and scrapes are already healing up. Oh yeah, you have a a pretty big gouge on your on leg. My leg. That's like I think the last one. Yeah. Of the scrapes um, and cuts and stuff. The gloves protected my hands. I had some scrapes on my fingers, uh, my chin, and lips. Yeah, I walked into the. Sorry about that. We're going to mention blood here, but I walked into the your ER room area. And your lips are caked in it. And I was like, is it his lip that's cut or what the hell? Um, that's another thing about the ER. You know, if you've heard the news and have not had a reason to go to a hospital anytime soon, um, the whole they're lining them up in the fucking hallways is not an exaggeration. Right. We, you must have gotten one of the last like rooms in, mm -hmm. of the ER. It's not a room, but you know, it's well, a little area or whatever yeah. behind a door and a, a curtain. Um, and when we left, there were two or three two patients or three, on yeah. gurneys in the hallway of the ER. Yeah. And y'all, this is not, we are not a major metropolitan area. Okay? No, and no. this hospital is literally across the street from the other hospital. So I can imagine the other hospital was going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking plague. Um, mm -hmm. But hey, the youngest is now fully vaccinated. Just yes. got his second shot on October 1st. Thank you very much. Now, <laughs> you know, that's what, the two weeks for it to, like, f fully whatever, whatever, to have cooked enough, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully that, you know, one less thing to worry about. But, yeah, we're here. Mm -hmm. uh, we're moving slow. We're being quiet. I think um, it's understandable to if I say that I am much quieter in emails on social media and even on the loving bdsm site because while i did not get hit by a car and i don't have anything to recover from uh there's you know i'm i'm guarding my energy too because yeah. i am doing your stuff that you usually do mm -hmm. that i will 
not take for granted again for a long time. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, the day you tell me, no, I can drive the car again, I'll be like, here are your fucking keys. Please, please go <laughs> pick up a child from a school. Um, and yeah, just trying to like be available for you, which you, yeah. you know, oh, of 10 days out at this point you need me a lot less than you did in the beginning yeah. um that first week after the accident i just sat on the couch with you i was like yeah. i guess i'm taking this week off because wow i'm tired i also you you and lola were camped out there with me well i you know <laughs> the night the morning we came home from the er you were barely sleeping because sleeping on the couch fucking sucks and yeah. you're in pain i slept for three hours that morning because Kids still had to go still to school. Had to go to school. Pets still had to be taken care of, and I don't know how to take a nap. So I <laughs> slept that three hours, and then somehow stayed awake for the rest of the day and drove a car twice. I don't recommend it. Um, and then you know, I got more sleep the next few nights, mm -hmm. but it's still a wake up and meet the day don't really stop much and so i was like no i i will sit here on this couch next mm. next to my daddy and be very grateful that my daddy is next to me to sit here on the couch with thank you very much <laughs> uh, it was a little actually a little weird to get back at it um this week but we're on a we're on a limited schedule yeah because um we're not going to ask you to make videos until you can actually like sit up straight and put a shirt on. He yeah, can put a shirt on, but I, it's not I, fun. I, I can. It's not easy to get one on right now. And wearing too much clothing is kind of uncomfortable yeah. at the moment. And then unless they're very soft clothes. The mental energy to sit and record podcast episodes. Um, we've done this one, and obviously we've gone super long because we're talking about what happened. But... Um, you know, you'll you'll need a nap when we're done yeah. on this. So we're just, you know, and thankfully when I've put stuff out on social media in a few different places and talked about it, and when we talked about it um, with our kinky patrons for in in that space, yeah, everybody's super understanding. Yeah, you know, um, it's just that invariably somebody's gonna go, "Where are the mini sods?" And I'll be like, "Look, okay, he got hit <laughs> by a literal fucking car. We're gonna give <laughs> him some time." <laughs> Um, so yeah, I know you don't feel good. Yeah. Is it your ribs? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's been us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot. We've had several people ask this and I'm not assuming everybody would want to know, but for those who had the, the question on your mind of, you know, several people were like, what can we do to help? I, I don't have any answer for that. Um, knock on wood because of the nature of our business life, this has not impacted us financially yet. Mm -hmm. um, the longer you're out of the shop, the harder that's gonna be. Man, this holiday season's gonna be hairy with you <laughs> playing catch up. Um, but- um, That has been on my mind. Yeah, but you know, ultimately we're, we're fine. And just knowing that y'all are out there um, and, you know, just happy to get an episode when we can get it to you and, you know, sending well wishes or just, you know, whatever that that's enough. And, and we, we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's plenty, that's right? Plenty. Um, so yeah, just so you know, if you have, or if you do reach out through any of the ways that you contact us, 
DMs, email, whatever, and you're not getting an answer, uh, uh, not only is it an emotional energy boundary I have set, yeah. it's taken a little bit longer now, Things too. are a bit wonky here right now. So, but we, we really do love y'all. Um, um, we do. Especially if you're a person who's still here at this at an hour and 46 minutes in. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think we'll definitely be doing a weekly episode from here on out. Um, and then we'll add things back in yeah. uh, as JB f- recovers more. Um, and we'll know more next week after you go to the doctor. See the doctor, See yeah. what they have to say. Yep. So we're going to wrap that up. We're going to end here. Um, we love y'all. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will hopefully talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.